an issue that means so much to me. That's the issue of urban renewal, something you don't hear very much about, and the rebuilding of our inner cities. Urban renewal and the rebuilding of our inner cities. That was candidate Donald Trump back in October outlining his New Deal for Black America, probably the closest thing we've heard from him that resembles an urban policy proposal. Trump himself characterized it as an optimistic vision for cities and an example of, quote, fresh solutions and new thinking. But as Emily Badger of the New York Times recently wrote, that term, urban renewal, is remembered for its vast destruction of minority communities when entire neighborhoods were raised for housing, highways, and civic projects. Think about here in the city of Detroit, Black Bottom, the historically vibrant neighborhood, uh, both culturally and in terms of uh, small businesses, that was absolutely destroyed by uh, by urban renewal, by the creation of I-375 uh, and some other things. Uh, the, the, the idea of urban renewal for people like us in the city of, of Detroit has always sort of been a negative one. Uh, Emily Badger joins us now to talk about her article, or her article, which was titled, Why Trump's Use of the Words Urban Renewal is Scary for Cities. Emily, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, I think we've lost Emily on the line. We'll get her back. Uh, but we also have Robin Boyle, who is a professor of urban studies and planning at Wayne State University uh, in studio to talk about this. Uh, Robin, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me on, Stephen. Absolutely. Uh, that term, urban renewal, uh, you know, I, I want to I think I'm I think I'm in good company here uh, with people who want to try to assign uh, optimistic motives to the things that the president-elect has said during the campaign and uh, during the transition, uh, at least the things that seem somewhat neutral. Now, I'm sort of discounting all of the really aggressively awful things that he purposely said. But here, it did seem as though maybe he misunderstood the term, uh, didn't understand what the history was. Not that that's okay, uh, but that he wasn't trying there to invoke this history, uh, that, that he was talking about something else. Is, is that how you heard it? That's an interesting way of putting at it. I mean, it's difficult on radio, but in, 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 in my world, there's urban renewal and there's urban renewal. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's, it's, it's difficult to parse it, it, it out. Um, gosh, there's so many different ways of taking this. On the one hand, I think you may be right. I think he may be using this term with a, without capitals. And, and he sees this as part of, of, of changing a place that he did talk about. He did talk about the, the, the concern of the inner city. He did talk about uh, the, the demise of jobs and the, and, and, and the loss of, of, of a future for uh, so many, uh, particularly black communities in, 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 in urban America. But on the other hand, he went to the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. I mean, he, if he didn't learn something about... Um, the evolution of urban policy and, and, and how that was affected by, by real estate then, you know, <laughs> maybe he didn't get a very good education, but I don't want to go down that, that road too far. Right. But it's interesting. I, this week, uh, the Metro Times has an article in it about change in Detroit and about mobility and particularly about the introduction of bike share, which many of you have heard about uh -huh. happening in the city. And it, 
in the in the article, and they've pulled it out, it says, and bike share is going to be good for urban renewal in the city of Detroit. <laughs> and it caught my attention. I thought, wow, here's a young, I guess, a young journalist, I'm guessing, you know, using the term in, 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 its, in its less pejorative way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Emily Badger, I believe we have you back on the line now. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yes, uh, good to hear your voice. Uh, in your in your article about Mr. Trump's use of the of the words urban renewal, uh, you you wrote this graph. You said the 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 mystery is a bit like the episode in which Mr. Trump had a phone conversation with Taiwan's president. Is he knowingly or accidentally embracing historical conflict? The answer depends in part on how much we think Mr. Trump, a real estate developer and son of a real estate developer, knows about the history of the conflict over the shape of the American city. I think that really capsulizes the the head scratching uh, that is going on around his embrace of this term. Uh, quickly, tell me tell me what you think he meant when he said urban renewal. Well, you know, I think it's entirely plausible in some other context that your average person who lives in a city today, uh, who cares about cities today, may hear this phrase and be oblivious to its context. I mean, that you know, it sort of sounds like, you know, putting the words urban and renewal together, like we were just talking about renewing neighborhoods, restoring them, investing in them. Um, you know, the words in and of themselves don't entirely make clear that there is this conflict attached to them. But, you know... It, it, once we get into talking about, um, you know, the, the president, the president-elect's use of them, the use of them in any kind of policy context, uh, I think it's, you know, it, it's absolutely um, a fair expectation that we would think that someone would use these words thoughtfully, that they would know a fair amount about them. And, um, you know, it, it, it is absolutely true that there's sort of, you know, this mystery around his, his choice of this language about them. And one of the people who I was chatting with about this, uh, when the other scholars said, you know, does, does he think that he invented those words? Did he just sort of <laughs> hear them at some point in time and, and they entered his brain and, and he stored them there and he's pulling them back out again now, you know, genuinely not aware about the history of how minority communities were uh, were destroyed in many cities in order to pave way for urban renewal. Um, the, the fact that his background prior to getting into politics is that he was a real estate developer makes that a little bit hard to believe. Right. But uh, but but I also think that you know it it's it's several levels of playing chess to be trotting out this language in a way that is trying to send a very subtle message that you know in fact white voters don't be worried about what I'm planning to do in cities because it's actually going to benefit you it's not going to benefit minorities right. I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical that um, you know he has even thought enough about this topic to send a complicated sort of subverted message like that yeah yeah uh, we are talking about uh, Donald Trump and the words urban renewal he used those words during uh, the campaign for the presidency as part of his new deal for black America. But of course, those words are pretty loaded, loaded with history, history of removal and gentrification and some pretty awful things for minority communities here in the United States. Uh, what do you think of Donald Trump's use of the words urban renewal? What do you think he means by that? And bigger, a bigger question, what do you think his urban policies 
will look like. What will Donald Trump do to try to help cities like Detroit, uh, cities like this all over the nation, which are trying to sort of get up off of their knees in in many regards and and be vital again? What will the policies that he's going to embrace look like for those cities? 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Again, what do you think, what do you expect about a, a, out of a Trump administration for urban policy? And do the words urban renewal suggest something to you that's negative? Uh, do you remember uh, Do you remember Black Bottom here in the city of Detroit? Do you remember those neighborhoods uh, that, that were destroyed, not just uh, by the creation of I-375, but by the creation of all of our freeways here in the city of Detroit? They all went through neighborhoods, uh, the neighborhoods that were chosen to, to be sacrificed for those uh, highways and freeways were mostly African-American. They were mostly poor neighborhoods. Does urban renewal remind you of that? And does the president-elect's invocation of that phrase uh, make you think that uh, maybe he has something not so great in mind for urban communities. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, Robin Boyle, I wonder um, I wonder how you put this in the context of the other kinds of decisions that we've seen the president-elect make. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, hiring Ben Carson, for instance, to be uh, secretary of HUD, uh, talking as much as he did and as much as he does about cities. I mean, uh, frankly, I can't remember the last time during a fall presidential campaign that we had a presidential candidate come to the city of Detroit and say, hey, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better by you than many other administrations have. Uh, put this com- this comment, this urban renewal comment in the in the context of these other things. Well, let me, I, I don't, I'm going to sound a, almost a supporter here, but I mean, the man has spent his life in cities, I mean, he is truly an urbanist in that uh, he quickly uh, moved out of Queens and into Manhattan. He was going to take on the, the, the big boys, so to speak, after his father had made his business. And he took it on and, and, and has been um, a creature of urban development in, in, in the United States of America and indeed <laughs> around the world. So it doesn't surprise me that um, he feels comfortable about going into cities, and he's comfortable talking about physical change. Now, I, I, when you called and said, hey, come on and talk about this, I, I went back and looked at a little bit of history and went back to the words and where this came from. And it was interesting to go back to the Eisenhower administration. Uh-huh. Just a little bit of an aside. Uh, Eisenhower, um, there's a famous quote about how he put his cabinet together. Um, it was all done by a transition team. He didn't object to anything, and it's called the, the Cabinet of Nine Millionaires and a Plumber, which is a very famous <laughs> quote about Truman's, uh, mm-hmm. about Eisenhower's uh, cabinet. R- the, the, the similarities are interesting. Secondly, uh, are, he's looking at Donald Trump now today, is, is looking at the 54 Housing Act, which basically gave us the term urban renewal um, by... Uh, giving cities the opportunity to acquire land and then clear the land and then give that land at a relatively low price or free to, a, to the private sector for urban development. I don't want to 
correct you too much, but it's not just about roads. It was, it was, it was, it was also about redevelopment. It was about both residential redevelopment, uh-huh. um, both working class housing, um, and for the middle class, it was both. And then, and that's when it gets interesting with with with, tr- with, with Eisenhower, because it then became part of the of the interstate highway system, and hence. Um, the, the development of the I-75 corridor and the impact that had on Hastings Street um, and, and the whole Paradise Valley area. Black Bottom is, is more, I think, on the housing side because there we got Lafayette Park or, right. the, or Gratiot Urban Renewal to give it the, the capital terms again. So it's actually an interesting history in Detroit. Will we see Trump move in, in, in that direction? I think it will be more to do with residential development, commercial, mixed-use development uh, going down the road. And yes, I think he'll use the same machinery as, as, as President Eisenhower did, and that is in invoking and bringing the, the private sector into play. Yeah. The challenges, with, d- did he understand the negative side of urban renewal, and will he get that, and will, will his Secretary of Housing and, and Urban Development understand that and bring a, a more reflective way of doing it? Because that's where urban renewal went off the rails. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Emily Badger of the New York Times, uh, in your in your article you refer to James Baldwin's uh, quote that uh, urban renewal means Negro remo- removal. Uh, and and you, you spend a lot of time talking about sort of where that feeling and that history comes from. Sort of go through what, what the history of that term uh, has looked like uh, on a national level. Sure. Well, when, when we're talking about urban removal, you know, as, as the professor was just mentioning, oftentimes we're talking about the use of eminent domain to remove people in very large numbers from the communities in which they were already living, you know, neighborhoods that were designated as slums. Um, local governments came in and said, you know, okay, this community is falling apart, it's in decay, we're going to move everybody out of it, we're going to bulldoze it to the ground, you know, in, in large blocks at a time, entire communities, and we're going to build something new there. And oftentimes, you know, when they said we're going to build something new here, they didn't mean we're going to build new housing here and move back in everyone who we moved out. You know, oftentimes they were um, building in housing for uh, wealthier people, housing that the people who they couldn't afford, or they were building things that had nothing to do with housing at all, like big civic projects like uh, civic centers or convention centers, hotels, hospitals, you know, the, these kinds of, um, you know, big institutions that they thought would, you know, boost, um, boost the reputations of cities, encourage middle class people to return to cities, spend time there. So the beneficiaries of these programs really were, um, by and large, they were not minority communities, communities of color. And people who were disproportionately harmed by them were. So, you know, we know that about two-thirds of the people um, who got moved out of their communities who lost their homes were people of color. And we also know that, you know, for for about every four units of low-income housing that were destroyed, only one new unit was built. So clearly there's there's a loss of of housing available to uh, poor communities. Um, You know, their, their communities were disrupted. The people who lived there were scattered. 
And, um, you know, this we're talking about things that happened 40, 50, 60 years ago, but the memory of these things having occurred is still really alive in a lot of communities. I grew up on the south side of Chicago, where there was quite a lot of urban renewal that went on. And, you know, to this day, in a lot of communities down there, you know, when you talk about government coming in and investing in the neighborhood, the first thing that people think is, you know, well, is government actually interested in investing in the neighborhood for me, or is this really to sort of a ploy, uh, you know, to, to get me out and to bring in other people who the government considers more desirable. Sure, sure. Uh, Robin, that, that is a familiar narrative in Detroit right now. Uh, when we look at the things that are happening in downtown and midtown, the things that are maybe going to happen in neighborhoods or start to happen in neighborhoods, there's a lot of people talking about uh, sort of this fear that uh, it is not about the people who live here, who live in those neighborhoods now. It is about attracting other, quote-unquote, as uh, Emily Badger says, uh, from the government perspective or from the business perspective, more desirable kinds of residents. Uh, in, in some ways, uh, this is sort of a back-to-the-future kind of conversation that we're having. In, indeed. And and this is, 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 is complicated. I'm going to take a positive spin on this and argue that the the reason that urban renewal struggled to do what it was supposed to do, and it wasn't Negro clearance, it wasn't black clearance, it was a removal of some of the worst housing that existed in urban America. But the reason it went off the rails, and it went off the rails quickly, is because uh, there was segregation, there was a Jim Crow, there was separation. For example, the, the, the City of Detroit Housing Commission was not allowed to integrate its housing. Right. So there was white housing and there was black housing. And there was less money went into the black housing than went into the white housing. So by the time we hit the 1960s, we were getting the statistics that have just been, co- uh, that have just been quoted. Um, as it happens in, in, in Lafayette Park, actually, we did actually better. We, we, we actually did house about 60% of the African-American households that were displaced from that particular development, and that's recorded. But generally, you're absolutely right. There was far fewer homes built for the the, the poorest, and most of them at that stage, particularly from these ghettos, and that's what they were called then, um, didn't get housing. They were dislocated, they were spread out across the rest of the city and living in bad housing. I'm going to take a more positive spin and say that today... Um, I, and, and I would look to the, to the administration here in the city of Detroit. I can only speak for Detroit. I can't speak for the other cities. That I, I, I think they have an administration that is more thoughtful, that is thinking about this and, um, and, and asking questions about, well, if we do this, if we do uh, improve some of these neighborhoods, let's take L6 or Fitzgerald or, or any of these areas, even the villages, um, we need to be conscious of, of affordable housing. We need to make sure that we allow businesses to, re- to, to remain and, and, and foster new businesses. And whether it's for African-American businesses or households or, or, or for others that are residents there, we need to hold on to people and not displace them as much. Yeah. So I'm going to be a little bit more positive than, 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 <laughs> than perhaps the history books would, would, would suggest I should. Right, right. Okay, uh, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about the term urban renewal as used by President-elect Donald Trump, what it means, what it could mean, what it will mean for cities like Detroit over the next four years. And get with us on the phones, 313 
303-577-1019. What does urban renewal mean to you? Does that mean revitalization of places like Detroit? Or does it mean removal of poor people, of black people, destruction of minority communities? What would you like to see happen in our environments that would make them better for the people who live here and visit here? 313-577-1019 is the number. Stay with us on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guests are Emily Badger, a reporter with the New York Times, uh, author of a story called Why Trump's Use of the Words Urban Renewal is Scary for Cities. Also with us is Robin Boyle, professor of urban studies and planning at Wayne State University. We are talking about the president-elect's embrace of that term, urban renewal. Uh, He did that during the campaign. What does that mean? For some people, that invokes uh, lots of memory of some pretty awful history in cities like Detroit. Uh, Did Donald Trump, though, mean it as uh, a focus, a renewed focus on cities like Detroit and the more desperate uh, elements uh, of cities like Detroit. He actually visited the city of Detroit during his campaign, something uh, we can't remember another uh, presidential candidate doing during a general presidential election and said he would do better by African-American people. He would do better by cities like Detroit. So when he talks about urban renewal, is he uh, is he talking about that? Is he talking about doing things uh, that we have not seen before? Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. 313-577-1019. What do you think of the term urban renewal? Does that uh, give you hope for the Donald Trump administration and what it might do in cities like Detroit? Or does it make you fearful of the things that we've seen like Black Bottom or Paradise Valley? neighborhoods that were destroyed by urban renewal uh, in previous uh, in previous times. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. Uh, go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Let's go to Chuck in Franklin. Chuck, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen, and thank you for taking my call. Sure. I'm one of those um, geeks who uh, likes to watch the workings of local government on local access cable, and I can tell you uh, from knowing a few of the members, um, in addition to watching the proceedings, Professor Boyle has always been a really wonderful presence on the city of Birmingham. um, uh, (laughs) On cable access? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's Um, funny. I don't think I knew that, Chuck. (laughs) And and I can tell you the Republicans, uh, uh, Professor Boyle probably knows this, but maybe he doesn't, even the Republicans on that board um, think that he is just a, uh, a marvel and a wonderful president. <laughs> Look at that. Chuck's a fan of Professor Boyle. That's wonderful. <laughs> All right, Chuck, go ahead with your question. Yeah, since you've been on the air, I, I Googled the phrase urban renewal together with Democratic Party, uh-huh. and urban renewal is a phrase that the Democrats used in their 1960 and their 1972 platforms. Yeah, and the campaigns, um, as yeah. As far as I know. And, mm-hmm. and, and I could go on with that search and probably find it in just about all of the Democratic Party platforms, at least up until a, to a certain point, including the phrase slum clearance. 
so um, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe Trump is um, kind of a a 1950s 1960s. Uh, character, I, I think he is. That's in an a lot interesting. Of ways in his that's language. a really. That's but, a really interesting observation. I'm not. But, uh, but yeah. as far as any, you know, real ill intent go, boy, I I really find it hard to um, imagine that uh, this is anything other than another um, phase in the New York Times campaign against all things Trump. <laughs> all right, Chuck. Well, uh, I appreciate the call. I appreciate you listening and. Uh, and, and calling in to add that. Um, uh, Emily Badger, I'll, I'll let you respond to the, to the New York Times comment there. <laughs> sure. Well, so I, I don't think that anything about the history that we're describing is exclusively a Republican story. You know, Negro removal is not a Republican policy. The legacy of having destroyed minority communities and cities is not purely a Republican legacy. Um, you know, so that, that, that part of the story to me is not, it's not a partisan story. Um, but you mentioned something a little bit earlier about how, you know, you, you haven't seen a presidential candidate come into Detroit in a long time. And that, too, is, you know, something that you could say equally of Republicans running for president and Democrats running for president. Sure. You know, I think it, it really says something about sort of the low bar for talking about cities in our presidential elections that Donald Trump comes in and spends an afternoon in Detroit. And, and this is really kind of remarkable, or the fact that he's even talking about cities at all. You know, we're, we're giving him sort of some credit for that, even though many things that he says about cities have been sort of inaccurate, whether he's talking about, you know, their crime rates or minority poverty rates or things like that. Uh, it's absolutely true that both parties, um, you know, have have neglected cities in presidential campaigns. Um, you know, there there has not been a candidate on either side of the aisle who has run on a really strong, clear agenda for urban America since probably Jimmy Carter. So it's it's absolutely fair to bring into this conversation the equal criticism that that Democrats and Hillary Clinton this year as well, you know, did did not make very clear exactly what they intended to do with these same communities as well. Yeah, yeah, I, ahead, I, I I agree that, uh, and and if you go and look a little bit deeper into in, into uh, Donald Trump's website, you 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 come across also his um, section on um, uh, the, the the idea that he's going to invest heavily in the infrastructure of of of, of America, both urban and, and and more generally, and it's actually pretty interesting that he's actually thinking specifically about it. But on the flip side, when you go through both the the, the four page piece on on quote urban renewal unquote. And on infrastructure, he 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 takes a swing at, at local government and talks about the bureaucracy and the, the waste of money. He's got that sort of blend of, of of rhetoric that that is both supporting of change and improvement and 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 renewal, which is 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 valid. But on the other hand, he's 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 coming back with the, with these same sort of cliches about how um, we, we can't allow the, uh, the, the, the government to do it and the, and the market through tax right. credits or some other incentive system is going to be the answer to, to, to the future. And we know that that is where the problems Sure, started. that's where they started. Right? That's where the problems came. So here, here we are, in, in a sense, being encouraged by what Donald Trump is saying, and, but, but then 
is he going to be firm enough as a, as a chief of staff, uh, as a chief executive, to 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 bring people on board to 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 assist um, his cabinet and particularly Carson to to understand that actually doing this is going to take us yeah. a lot of heavy lifting in in order to avoid the problems of the past that we had before. Yeah, uh, let's uh, try to get uh, one more phone call here. Fred in Farmington Hills. Fred, welcome to Detroit today. Thanks, uh, Stephen. Uh-huh. Um, I think I think the term urban renewal, the important thing to think about here is it's not what Donald Trump thinks it is, it's what his followers think it is. And I think that uh, it's a little bit of a code word uh-huh. for making uh, the urban scene white again, just as make America great again, we, uh, we can kind of think is a term for making America yeah. white again. Yeah, so. Fred, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who, when they hear that term from his mouth, uh, that's where they go, and and I, you know, have to admit that given the other things that he said, as you point out, that given the other kind of coded language he's used, uh, not just during the campaign but also during the transition, I mean, there's there's a, that's a totally legitimate uh, fear is that he's not talking to African Americans or to inner city. He's talking to other people, uh, trying to assure them of of something that uh, he will or will not do. Uh, thanks very much for that call. Uh, let's see if we can get one more in here. Chris, driving to the thumb. Uh, Chris, I've got about 40 seconds left, but I want to make sure. Sure. Hey, yeah. thanks, Stephen. Thank you. I'll be super quick. One, yeah. Professor Boyle, hello. Um, this is Chris. Had the pleasure of having some classes with Professor Boyle. Uh, Wonderful yeah. guy. Great professor. <laughs> Glad to hear his Look at that. The it's the Robin Boyle fan two, club today. Yeah. Good grief. <laughs> um, two, um, as, as everybody pointed out, talk is cheap. Donald Trump says a lot of great things. No one knows what he's really going to do. I personally would be surprised if urban policy continued to be a topic that everybody focuses on as he moves into his administration. And three, I'm curious if there's an opportunity to play off his ego. Donald Trump loves building big things, being yeah. the best. And wouldn't it be great if we could convince him to build the build best big things in cities? The no. best things here. Absolutely. Chris, thanks very much for the call and the great comments. Uh, Emily Badger of the New York Times, Robin Boyle, Professor of Urban Studies and Planning at Wayne State University. Thank you both for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Absolutely. That's going to do it for me. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station. See you tomorrow.